0: This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. My knee still hurts. But anyway, my man Cam. With the New England Patriots. See, it was speculation at first. When I saw all those uh, Photoshop edits and Twitter comments saying he was going to go to the Patriots, I mean, I knew it was a possibility, but I just, I didn't see it, especially with the analysts on TV. They were like, they did not like the fit between Cam Newton and Belichick. It seemed like oil and water, but hey, they signed him anyway, and I'm thinking, this is a pretty good pickup, and they get him for really cheap, $7.5 million, and it's incentive loaded, which means... He might not even make the whole 7.5, or maybe it's the the minimum he'll get is 7.5, and maybe he'll get up to like 10.5, 11. However way they did it, that's still cheap for a quarterback considering that, I don't know, a mid-level starter gets 20, 25,000, and I guess the top 10 gets north of 30,000. So this is real cheap for a quarterback and you were paying Tom Brady at least $25 million, this guy, you get for a fraction of that. That is incredible. This could be a bargain if he's healthy and he plays like he did in 2018. I don't have my stats with me in 2018, and he was the MVP in 2015. In 2018, before he got hurt, bro, he was one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the league. That's exactly why I picked him in 2019. I was expecting a repeat performance, but I didn't realize he was hurt. So if he can return to what he was at the beginning of 2018, when they were putting up all that other all them numbers, it's over. The thing is, though, with him being with the Patriots, well, one good thing is they got an elite defense. That That's going to help him. That's definitely, definitely going to help him. Make things easier. He don't have to score as many points. But you got inconsistent running backs. You got receivers that aren't healthy. You got rookie tight ends. You just have a shaky offense. You have a really shaky and unhealthy receiving crew. It's not good. It's not good. But I know Cam adds an element that he can run, he can escape the pocket, and he can be kind of like a running back himself. You got to love it. I, I, I want to see what Josh McDaniels does with this because if he if he starts now, there's no – Certainty. There's no promises that he's even going to start. Okay, I'm pretty sure Brian Hoyer is not going to take a spot, but Jared Stidham, you don't know what he can do. Like he might, like he knows the playbook, and maybe he ends up outshining Cam in training camp. But I, I don't think so. I think you know Cam's going to pick up the playbook, and then it's he's going to start week one because he's just better. He's just a better quarterback. Just that plain and simple. But I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start and, you know, Jared Stidham ends up getting the nod on some Drew Brezzo Tom Brady type stuff. Because <laughs> this happened before, remember? <laughs> I just love it. This is what we needed, you know. With American sports slow to come back and people only paying attention to foreign sports so they can bet, this is perfect. It had everyone talking. It had all the um sports talk shows uh talking it it had them it had them going it had something for them to debate and speculate and kind of hypothesize about i i love it I love it you know what I'm saying immediately when I saw he went to New England, I was like You know, they have a good chance of winning the division now. No one really counted them out to begin with. Like, they still in the conversation, but I guess most people were going with the Bills. I'm still going to edge the Bills, but it's going to be close. Like, it's going to come down to December. Assuming everything goes as planned, and if we even have a season, like, I think it's still going to be tough to shake the Bills. And maybe, and you don't know what the Jets or the Dolphins can do (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's funny. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think they're going to be in contention, the Dolphins and the Jets. But they might steal a game or two from the Patriots or Bills, but they're not going to win that many games. So, basically, the Patriots and Bills are going to be fighting for that that, uh, division title. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. Now, another big thing that happened this past weekend and, and beginning of the week, Jr. Smith is with the Lakers. The Lakers. This is this is another thing that people have been uh, speculating and wanting to happen and assuming that could happen, and sure enough, it did. And <laughs> I see people making jokes already, like the kid Gooey. I hope I hope I said his name right. He making jokes. He made a whole video about that, clowning JR, acting like he was his last resort. That was good. But the reason they signed JR Smith, because Avery Bradley isn't playing, so need someone to fill in. I don't know how much playing time JR Smith's going to get. It's the same thing with Jerry and Grant with the Wizards, who officially signed today, thankfully. I don't know how much playing time you're going to get. Like, it's just a lot of people. Not a lot of people, but it's just a few people in in those spots, even without Avery Bradley. So maybe he, maybe you could squeeze him in the second unit, or maybe or he's just gonna come in during garbage time. Now, an off the cuff topic. Before I go any further, Bradley Bill might not play. He might not be healthy enough. He might want to do the activist route, and you might you might be worried about COVID. This is not good because if the Wizards don't have Bradley Bill, bro, they're not. I don't think they're gonna win a game. They're not going to win a game. They're not, not only are they not going to force a playoff game for the A spot without Bradley Bill, they're not even going to win a game. They're going to be 0-8, and we're just going to be watching them just to watch them, just because, you know, they're the Wizards, and they're trying to rep D.C. We're going to end up watching them anyway. If they don't have Bradley Bill, they might win a game, but... Most likely they not. like. Hopefully Brad plays, but if he don't, I understand. I'd rather have a, a healthy John Wall and Bradley Bill next year instead of them trying to rush back and play and not have any real chance to win the title. That's what I think. You got to keep an eye on that because if Bradley Bill don't play, it is a wrap. I don't care who you sign. You can sign Jamal Crawford. You can sign Isaiah Thomas again. Oh, wait, no, don't do that. Because he don't play defense. <laughs> you can sign whoever you want. It won't matter if you don't have Brad. <sighs> Something to keep an eye on. But I'm going to root for the Wizards. I'm going to watch them regardless. But this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. Now, back to the Lakers. Yeah, a lot of jokes. Because he's on the team with JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo. All you missing is Lance Stevenson. <laughs> And you were Dion Waiters. Like all these people, people love making jokes about those folks. D- Javelle McGee with the bloopers, Dion Waiters with the drugs, Ray John Rondo just always acting the fool and have an attitude about something. It's a, it's a clown show. And you got LeBron. <laughs> And LeBron is just, just putting up with it all. And even, you know, even Jared Dudley, now don't sleep on him. He had his little thing with Ben Simmons. It's just a very entertaining team on paper, very veteran-loaded, win-now team. A lot of people are picking them to win. I don't know. We just got to see how they come back together. I, I'm rooting for them. I think they're going to win it all, but I, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. I'm not even sure, 100% sure, this rebuild, rebuild, restart is going to happen because the coronavirus. The media is just, okay, it's not just the media. It's it's the numbers too. They are driving fear, but, you know, cases are rising. And even in Florida, where they're going. The NBA put so much money into this. Like, it's just going to be tough for them to just shut it all down. But if they have to for the long-term greater good, of these players in the league, just is what it is, bro. I, I'll i be fine. I got my KBO. I got my uh, Premier League. Well, okay, Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, all, all those about to end. But I got KBO. I got KBO. So I I, don't mind going all in with that, even though I'm going to miss most of the games because I'll be asleep. I'll still go all in with that. And there's a ton of old games I could watch to keep me entertained, especially if there's no football season. Now, there's so many OU games I haven't seen. I could just use that time to watch old OU game. matter of fact, if there's no season, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Just watch all old OU games before I became a fan. Now... Another thing that happened, Jamel Hill versus Barstool. So, Resist Programming, who is good at exposing people, you know, racist people, blah, blah, blah. They, this time, decided to expose Barstool. They exposed them for being racist, specifically Dave. He said that Colin Kaepernick looked like Osama Bin Laden with his skin color and his uh, afro and his beard. I can see, I can see why he would think that at first and make that joke. I can, I can see why he'd do that. It's, it's just, it's bad taste. It's bad taste because out of all the people to compare him to, you compare him to a terrorist, compare him to someone that's been the enemy of the United States for all those years and, you know, killed a bunch of people. Out of all the people, Ben Laden, I know it's just jokes, and people make jokes, and risky jokes all the time, but that's just the wrong person. That's a tough one, man. That you, I don't, you can't, you can't really say that. I, I, I get his mindset though. Like it's, come on, it's Dave Portnoy, it's Barstool. They always joking around. Sometimes and they admit they even know they go too far. But you know, just like Brandon Tatum said in his last video. I'm just I'm I'm gonna forgive them. You know, it wasn't it wasn't cool to say about Kaepernick and they admit they missed the mark, but I I forgive them especially because they've been in subsequent videos, it took them a while because they kinda ran with this uh terrorist Osama bin Laden joke for a while. Like, he ran with this joke for at least a year. Eventually, I think he they just, they rooted for him a little bit. Yeah, they, they wanted to see what he could do. <laughs> I like what he said, though. He said, you don't cancel us, we cancel you. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. No way. No way. I thought he was just being overconfident. Sure not. Why did I look a few hours later, and I see cancel Jamel? Hashtag cancel Jamel, because... Jamel Hill kind of blew this thing out of proportion. Because resist programming, they don't... Come on, man. They tweet a lot. They spam a lot. But they don't... They only get but so much interaction. Not enough to make something trending. Like, Jamel Hill kind of blew it out of the water. Because she has a huge following. She just completely took it to another level. So... People came after her. Barstool fans came after her and exposed her for having transphobic comments. And I think similar thing there. I think she was just the same thing with, with Dave and where Okay, maybe not the same, but same-ish. She said, um, she was repeating some... Something her friend said about this guy looking like a woman or something like that. And she was joking around. That wasn't good. Transphobic. She apologized. She said she'll be an ally for trans people. Why can't we allow Dave to do the same thing? Like, apologize for all the, like, racist stuff he said. He's kind of like Family Guy. Like, he's a, like, Seth, what's the name? Whatever his name is, That creative family guy he's like him makes jokes about everybody racist religion whatever and when you do that you're going to miss the mark and you're going to say something that offends somebody and and it's going it's going to go too far sure what he said was a lot you know worse than what jamel did i think jamel's thing it while it was bad it wasn't as bad as something that dave said but still god forgive these folks man they human they make mistakes i'm just saying you know, why, why can't we let dave show that he's really sorry and really you know uh help help uh some some black folks man like definitely like jamel hill said that she's gonna educate herself and become an ally for trans folks let's let dave be an ally and educate himself about what you can and cannot say about black folks even though you joke about everybody it still education communication dialogue that's what i'm learning from all this and you know it's it's similarities between jamel hill and and dave portnoy they both stood strong like you got you got people from right and the left try to cancel them all the time but they stand strong if they miss the mark if they're wrong they'll apologize they'll get out in front of it but they're still going to keep doing what they're doing because first of all they got a big following and people going to ride for them. But second of all, they just, they're individuals with a lot of pride and a lot of confidence. They're not just going to go down without a fight. They work hard to get where they are, and they're not just going to bend the knee to a mob. Either side. Either side. Trust me. There's people trying to cancel Jamel all the time. I've seen it. It happened literally last week. She says something a bunch of people didn't like. And she was trending. It happens all the time. Probably more so lately for Jamel. They both got, always got to deal with cancel culture. And they both come ready. They're both prepared, usually. And they both keep their, their fan base. You know, they, they got more similarities and differences other than the obvious, you know, being black and white. And one leaning conservative, one is like big-time liberal. He taught me how to deal with cancel culture. You know, you got to stand strong. You got to have faith. And if you are wrong, you're wrong. But correct yourself. Learn and improve and get better. There's something you need to improve, something you need to learn about, something you're ignorant about. Let's get on it and improve. Hey, I'm glad this stuff happening so I could be prepared for that. When my time comes, because I know my time is coming. I know cancel culture is going to come and get me. But see, I'm waiting for cancel culture with a bag of clout. Come get your free bags of clout. Come get your free bags of clout. Go take it home. Eat it all up. Once you use all that clout I give you in a bag, that's it. You ain't getting any (laughs) more. Oh, man oh man hey listen oh resist programming by the way they keep talking about how barstool is affiliated with nascar and nascar is trying to get on the right side of history getting in front of the bubble wallace thing and uh, denouncing the confederate flag them being associated with barstool kind of makes them take a step back for some people but i think they're going to stand strong. Barcelona's is just too popular. It, it's really tough to take them down. I just really hope they just got to watch the jokes. Like, it's okay. It's okay to fool around and be funny and comedy. But you got to watch it, man. You got to watch it. Because, oh, screw it. <laughs> I say watch it, but they're going to do what they do, and they're always going to have fans. The only way you're going to cancel either of these guys is if they just become irrelevant. Like, what they do just don't matter anymore. Not little bad things they say here and there, or they stop making content. That's the only way. That's the only way you're going to cancel them, is that they just become irrelevant and no one's checking for them. Not everyone hating them, because it won't be everyone. It'll be some people here, some people there. We're talking about a country that, that can't even decide a president. I'm going to keep saying that. So, of course, they're not going to agree on Jamel Hill versus Barstool. And, of course, all this stuff, those folks get the arguing, both fan bases, what it come down to. Left versus right. Conservative versus liberal. That's what it always come down to. You can count on that. It's an election year. You already know. I'm just glad I, I took some positives out of it. And I'm glad... I've, I was able to see the similarities between the two. And, you know, maybe they can get together and talk things out. Because that'd be great. That'd be great. You know, that's that's a very adult thing to do. But they probably won't do that. You know, these are prideful people with big fan bases. I don't think they, they're going to come together and talk about anything. <laughs> unless... <laughs> Unless some media platform brings them together for some reason. Well, it's like PFT versus OutKick once again. Sports, big sports platform going at it about something small in virtue signaling. Here we go again. So who's next? Who's next? Undisputed versus first take? Fox News versus CNN? Oh, that's every day. <laughs> oh, what's next? Uh, freaking, I don't even know. We just got to wait and see we just gotta wait and see well what's next will kane versus maria taylor like what's what's next who's gonna get in a virtue signaling battle next who's gonna dig up old tweets next i mean this ain't even this is like versus battles virtue signal tweet uh twitter (laughs) this is versus man come on like who who said the most um who, who said the most cringeworthy thing five, six years ago? <laughs> That's what this game is turning into. That's what Twitter is turning into. All right, I been too much time on this. Undisputed and Skip Bayless are geniuses. Uh, the signing of J.R. Smith and then also Paul Pierce uh, said something about LeBron or whatever happened. It made Skip bring up the fact that LeBron was soft against the Celtics back in the late 2000s early 2010s i'm like here we go i don't even listen i don't take the bait i don't get upset i just laugh because i'm like this is for ratings you already know when it comes to sports lebron versus jordan is the quickest way to get emotion out of people in this niche in the sports niche in the sports uh community that's the quickest way you want to get people started? Mention something about LeBron versus Jordan. Mention, Say something crazy about LeBron. Say something crazy about Jordan. They're going to get started. Undisputed and Skip Bayless know this, and it's been working for years. He knows this. They know this. The producers, they know this. And they just keep on keeping on and then j. r. Smith's time with the Lakers he bring up something about um he bring up something about LeBron too, and once again got a lot of engagement. it works every time he like a fisherman, he just throw out the bait, get him every time, just 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 reel him in every time <laughs> he's just killing him, bro. It's smart. It's smart. It, it gets them viewers. You're going to get people to pay attention to you if you say something to get them emotional, good or bad. And I'm learning that. And Le- LeBron definitely gets people emotional because he's polarizing. And he's the most popular player in the sport. See, that's why they be talking about the Cowboys and the Patriots, Tom Brady. Cal- they're very polarizing. They're polarizing and they're popular. So of course they're gonna keep talking about it and they know exactly what pain points and what emotional triggers to target. And also you look at their show, the bait show, they know that Skip and Shannon has to take two clear different sides. I don't even I'm not even sure if Shannon Sharp really liked LeBron like that. Maybe he does. Maybe he he end up being a huge fan. After 2015, whatever. But man, I, I just think it's all for the ratings, and I can't blame them. Uh, high ratings, more money. I don't think they're still not beating first take. I don't think, not according to Clay Travis's latest numbers. If you want to go on at Clay Travis, and look at some TV numbers, did they bring it up? Maybe not. Anyway, I don't think they're beating first take because Stephen A. is the top guy and. The sports opinions, business, is him and Colin Cowherd. So it's going to be tough to, to beat those two. But seriously, they, they, he brings up LeBron on social media and get folks started. It works every time. It's been working for 10 years. That's why I just try to pay less attention to his LeBron posts. OK, maybe about everything else, I'll, I'll, I'll say something or maybe say something about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Maybe then I'll say something. But even that, I'm like, OK, it's part of the scheme. I don't really want to do that either. I'm just like, listen, I there's a reason why these guys make a lot of money and why they're still on the air. This is why they know what they're doing. And I just got to get in props. <laughs> they they get us every time, bro. They really they did they they do their homework. They do their homework, man. man. So that's why they can get away or keep the the same stuff about LeBron and Jordan. Cause they, they know how we gonna react. That's why Shannon's going so hard for LeBron. You got to. It's good for ratings. <laughs> to go either fully LeBron or fully Jordan. You can't just if they both like Jordan or they both like strongly for Jordan, that's gonna suck. That's gonna suck for ratings. I I wouldn't mind, but suck for ratings. And of course the, the Shannon Sharp kinda halfway adopted the Eagles just because Skip doesn't like them because he's a Cowboys fan and his biggest enemy right now is the Eagles. Well, the team he hates most is the Eagles. So of course, anytime he gets a chance to talk about Carson Wentz and the Eagles, he's gonna do it. And you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's good for television. It's good for ratings. It's good for your social media numbers. So they keep doing it. They keep doing it. You want them to stop talking about it? Stop paying attention to it. Make them talk about something else. But that's hard because you got to get everybody on board. And that's just hard to do. For now, I'm just going to enjoy the show. They're doing a great job. They've been doing a great job for years. Um, hey, props to them. I'm coming though. I'm coming. I'm gonna make my own lane. I'm gonna crave my own lane in this in this business and it's showtime. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, KBO. Keep it simple about the KBO. So I watched NC Dinos versus Doosan Bears. Two of the best teams in the league. Those two are my pick to go to the Korean Series. That's the Korean World Series. The championship of the KBO, so those that's my pick: NC Dinos versus Doosan. So every time they play is like a championship preview. So I decided to watch this game. I taped this game, and then I taped the second game. First game, I watched it all the way through. I struggled, but I watched it all the way through. Doosan had control of that game. They had solid pitching. Yeah, you know, they kept their they kept NT Dinos' best hitters under control. And Doosan, you know, Jose Miguel Fernandez was going off. Of course he was cuz he's one of the best players in the league. He's arguably the best hitter in the league. So he was going off, of course. I thought Doosan was going to easily win. They had a solid 3-1 lead for most of the game, and then I think NT Dinos about 6 or 7 innings scored another run. Then Doosan went to the bullpen, and then that is when NC Dinos exploded. They exploded. One run here, another run there. Next thing you know, they have either bases loaded or, or two guys on base. This guy hits it in the gap. Three-run score. That's game. It's 7-3 at that point. Game over. They blow it open. They win again. That They've been doing that all season. That's why they're the favorites to win it all. But I don't know. It's like it's like the announcers were saying. It's like uh Daniel Kim was saying, the KBO correspondent guy, uh reporter guy. Um NC Dino's is good, but they can't get past Dusan. Maybe this is the year. They like that. Now the next game that I recorded but haven't watched yet, I found out that Dusan won twelve three. Dusan won game two. I was like, who won game three? NC Dinos won game three. Five nothing. Because uh, Ruschinski was pitching. Ruschinski was pitching. pitching. I may have said that wrong, but whatever. I say a lot of names wrong these days. (laughs) You got to forgive me. He was pitching. He's their second best pitcher. Of course, shut out. Five nothing. Boom. I think N.C. Dinos lost the next game after that, and then they won again. Like These guys are nice, okay? These guys are really nice. They took two out of three against Doosan again. So they're in really good shape. They're in really good shape, and I wanna see how this, this turns out. Also, this morning I was watching Hanwha versus Kia, because for some reason I couldn't sleep and I was up all morning, but I ended up watching Hanwha versus Kia. Hanwell was doing great. They were doing great. Uh, I'm about to check this right now. KBO stats. They were doing great. It was 3-1 most of the game. Hanwell. They had control. Like Kia kept threatening, but they kept punching them out. And then Hanwa had a chance to kind of blow open the game. And they choked. They had, listen, in the eighth inning, they had bases loaded, up 3-2, bases loaded, stall. I'm like, Ham was going to hand Ham was going to hand work. And then what happened? What did they do after that? Because I, I missed this part because I fell asleep, because I happened to fall asleep on the last at-bat, bases loaded for freaking Kia, 3-3, three three, bottom of the ninth. you think I would stay awake for that. But... I fell asleep. Next thing you know, the show is over. The game's over. So I was like, if get up is on, that means Kia walked off. And sure enough, they did. And Kia won 4 3. Hamwood choked. Hamwood choked big time. They were in control of that game the majority of the game. Like, they were in control. Like, they were doing their thing, they were dominating. And then the ninth inning, I don't know what happened. Uh, I guess they just went back to form. <laughs> but yeah anyway my favorite part about this game is uh, this woman named Tiffany Kemp now she has a more Korean name I can't really say right now I don't have I don't have her real name on me but she goes by yeah Tiffany Kemp that's her name good looking Korean girl underrated i'm like whoa who is this on my screen because usually when i see someone on the telecast for kbo one of their guests when i see them on the telecast i don't really pay them no mind unless it's that daniel kim guy official reporter for for kbo or kbo insider that's what his name is that's that's what you call him if it's not that guy, I don't really pay attention. So her, I was kind of, kind of, kind of tuning her out. And the next thing you know, you know, I start paying attention a little bit. I was like, huh, she looks pretty good. Then I start paying attention a little more, and she was at a market, and the video quality was so like, like ghetto. Like, I'm like, dang, like what is this? Like you got shaky LTE and all that. All this just kept my attention. She was at a market and she was getting some dinner. She had some pancake thing. Looked like Egg foo Young or something. It it looked good, all right? She was having that, and then she had some donut that was full filled with honey and nuts. Kinda remind me of uh, some Middle Eastern dessert I had at George Washington. It's similar to that, but it's more of a donut texture instead of a cake texture. Anyway, this girl's just eating up with something like you eat like me. <laughs> and I eat a lot. Anyway, that keeping my attention. I was like, okay, like this girl's pretty cool. Tiffany Kim's pretty cool. Where did they find her? Of course, Daniel Kim's behind that too. He must he must follow her. He must follow her YouTube. Just like fifteen hundred subscribers on YouTube. But I checked out her YouTube. She speaks mostly Korean. And most of her stuff is in Korean. Well, obviously, she's from South Korea. She's from Seoul. So, yeah, of course. But anyway, it was a nice find. And then after that, she went out to the statue and told us about the statue and told us about th- this this robe she was wearing. She, she ended up changing into this robe. I was like, what in the world are you wearing? She still look good, though. But I'm like, what are you wearing? But it's cool. She explained it. It's part of her culture. Cool. Then her mom came on the telecast. Her mom was kinda shy. She didn't wanna really she didn't really wanna say anything. But it's cool. She said hi, ah, that was that was that was kinda cool too. I was like, I like this woman. I'm like, Where did y'all find her? She looks great. She sounds great. Why does she only have seven hundred followers? how why haven't she tweeted that much within the past 2 years just a lot of head scratching and she's like a diamond in the rough we all enjoyed her i'm pretty sure we'll see more of her doing something she needs to be hired by ESPN or something like something like that cuz she she could be she has the potential to be a star to be a star in in america she could stay out there if she wants but she has a chance to be a star in America. She looks good. She's good on, on camera. And, you know, she's good showing, telling us about South Korean culture. I loved it. I loved it. You know, and she had Carl Ravage and Eduardo uh, Suarez, I think that's his name, Perez, Eduardo Perez dancing. I'm like, man, they are really lit. This is really lit. This is the most lit KBO telecast I have seen thus far. And I loved it. More, please, more. That was just awesome. Just bravo. Everyone that was behind that Hanwha Kia Tigers game, great job. Wonderful job, especially Tiffany Cameron. You were amazing. You look amazing. You look like a model. Now, to American baseball, Nationals-Yankees, supposed to start off the season. That's great. But it the schedule's not set in stone. And the Nationals are back in town. Well, supposed to be back in town to train and get tested. I would love to see them play the Yankees, even if they play at Nationals Park without any fans. I would love to see it. It's the closest thing I'm going to get to Nationals-Astros because it'll be Scherzer versus Cole, I assume, just like Game 7 of the World Series, except Cole is with the Yankees. I like that. I want to see that. That will be a heck of a way to open the season. I hope it happens, but we got to watch the COVID numbers, and you just got to just monitor the situation. There's still a chance they might cancel the season. So, I'm just just waiting and seeing, just waiting and seeing, and trying to figure out what's going to happen from here. The hypothetical game of the episode is not the game of the week anymore, since I'm trying to go twice a week on the podcast. Joy Taylor Simps versus Liv Cowherd Simps in a giant paintball battle for meet and greet. With their girl, yes, both of these, both of these folks did held a contest. Whatever, whatever they did, they held a contest. They got fifty people for each side to represent them. I'm talking Joy Taylor and Liv Coward. Now, Joy Taylor is like seven ish years older than me. I'm 27. Liv Coward is like seven ish years younger than me. <laughs> both attractive. They both connected to Colin Coward. Like, Colin Coward lives dad and also Joy's boss, the kind of boss, kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, both got a huge following of Simps that arrive for them and give them uh compliments all day, all night. So, I was wondering, I was like, if these guys battle how would it go because the joy taylor simps are typically older live coward simps are typically younger like teenagers and young adults like joy taylor like a lot of people my age are older maybe a few younger younger guys i'm sure there's some overlap with the two age groups but for the most part middle-aged guys versus young adults teenagers paintball battle for the right for big meet and greet for their girl to meet their girl whether it's live or joy now let's see what happens one team wears red one team wear blue live team wear red um joy team wear blue now start off okay once you get hit you're out once you get hit you're out you're one and done start off with automatically off the top live simps eliminate the 10 joy taylor simps off the top already 10 person advantage in like five minutes then joy taylor sims start battling back but live coward simps lead gets to as as big as like 15. at some point you know we get to a point where it's like 23 10 Joy Taylor squad has 10 people left. Liv Cowher has 23. Somehow, someway. These 10 wipe out 20 straight Liv Cowher simps. And now it's 10-3. And these guys eliminate. These guys battle back. They're not going out without a fight. They eliminate five more Joy Taylor Sims. So now it's 5-3. to three. Joy Taylor got five people left. Liv got three. They alternate. Now nah, it's four two. Five minutes later, boom, boom. Liv's coward team eliminated. Joy Taylor's team went. And then that night, they enjoy a big meet and greet party with Joy Taylor. It's a fun time. everyone's happy. On that side. But at least everyone on Liv's side get a gift card for playing. You know, it's why not a consolation prize for the guys? They, they worked hard. They tried. They tried, but they got wiped out. The huge run and wave by the Joy Taylor simps just was too much in this paintball battle for attention. <laughs> that was just so much fun. Anyway, I should be back on Friday or Saturday, 4th of July weekend. I'm not as hyped for it compared to other years, especially with no baseball. But anyway, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.